0: This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media. Publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your hosts are Douglas Carr and Harrison Painter.
1: Welcome to another in our interview series. Uh, We are... At DK New Media offices downtown, and we have a special guest. We have Harrison Painter, of course, to my left. Yes, your humble co-host. Humble co-host. And we have across the table from us, we have Aaron Douglas, a uh, longtime friend now. Uh, so
2: Eight, nine years, that yeah, move back in the Rainmaker days.
1: Absolutely. Aaron founded uh, Deep Ripples, which is a well-known agency who we've worked with off and on. Why what,
2: what, he just he <laughs> the, know, well, okay. he the well the f- known? I was trying not to laugh into the phone. No, you did. You Thank
1: guys, you. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, and and then uh, and then Bill Bean is there, of course, who's yes. a friend of mine as well.
0: Our the, humble guest.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then now you're on the other side of the table. I had a second idea. So. <laughs> So, uh, Aaron owns a place to float and founded a place to float, which is in downtown Indianapolis. Maybe, uh, for people listening to a marketing interview, you should first tell people about what services you provide at a place to
2: float. Sure. Well, we provide a single service and that's flotation therapy. Uh, You might know it as sensory deprivation, floating, flotation, rest, restricted environmental stimuli, a lot of names depending on which clinical or cultural angle you come at it. Uh, But essentially it is a sensory reduced environment where you float in 10 inches of water, super saturated with Epsom salt, free from disruption and distraction. Um, it is essentially nothing for 90 minutes, and it's one of the most powerful therapeutic tools I've ever come across, and that's where my love really started with that. And about three and a half years later, we just opened the Midwest's largest float center um, just downtown here, about yeah. a half block west of Lucas Oil Stadium. Fantastic. And,
1: and so people know, you didn't just kind of fly into this business. You did a lot of research, and then your background... Is not one of a marketing consultant,
2: right? Actually, I feel like it is weird enough to be representative <laughs> yeah. of most marketing consultants.
1: <laughs> that is, that's kind of true. I was an electrician. What were you?
0: I was a. What was I? I did so many different things. Right? You were a senior. No. At some I, point. Well, actually, yes. I was in the navy first, and then I worked at Ford Motor Company for twelve years. So I played that route, and then uh, I got into real estate, and kind of the rest is history. From from there, I really cut all my marketing chops in in real estate. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And then October of 07 happened. And for nice. those of you that don't know, that best was like,
2: bug, best buds forever. <laughs> <laughs> that was
0: that was the most horrible time of my life. But uh, we made it through. That was the mortgage meltdown, and most of my oh. real estate folks out there probably know that if you've been in business for very long. Um, but yeah, it was tough. But you know, I learned a lot from that, and I learned a lot more through marketing from that as well, so it was very interesting.
1: It, you know, I was just reading, um, and I'm already sidetracking us, but I was watching Gary V had Tim Rob, or, uh, not Tim Robbins Tony, uh, Robbins, Tony Robbins. Yeah, Tim Robbins would have been funnier. But um, <laughs> he had Tony Robbins on his show. If you get a chance to catch it on YouTube, you should really catch it. But one of the things that they talked about was starting a business in a downturn. And that's really where we're at, right? I mean, even right now, you just started a business, a place to float, And
2: the economy is not great. Oh, yeah. It's an upmarket luxury spa treatment for for many. (laughs) Yeah, right. And
1: right now, literally, we've been kind of the economy, uh, the economy has been dragging for a few years, you know, so, so, but he talked about how this is the time to start a business. So you leaving real estate and starting your marketing after the, after the downturn was probably a great thing.
0: Well, it's true. It's like when one door shuts, another opens, right? So I got in real estate when it was hot. I didn't know anything else but that. And when it crumbled, I honestly had no clue what I was going to do. But I realized my passion was never in real estate. It was more in the marketing and promotions that I was doing. So that's where the seed came up. And, And absolutely, yeah, I think I did really well because- it was a horrible time. It was a good two to three years where it was dark, yeah, for a lot of people.
1: And I, I started my business around that time. Yeah, Deep it Ripples was, started and it, in two thousand and seven. Yeah, and I I honestly look at it that surviving those first couple of years, that that really made us and uh, I hate to say this, but a much more intelligent business. You know, mm, because absolutely. we were we were scared, we were worried, we were you know counting pennies and everything. So so back to a place to flow Yeah. So you guys just launched.
2: Yep, uh, it's we're coming up on eleven weeks. Eleven <laughs> weeks—that's fantastic. Yeah, seems like forever. And we had a we had a great conversation pre-show that
1: we wanted to kind of bring in the show, and that's that Aaron now has that esteemed honor of being on both sides of the table. He was on the agency side for you know seven seven years.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So driving oh, no, almost ten years. Okay, so ten years driving leads and awareness for his businesses, and now he finds himself on the other side of the table, uh, screaming
2: at your agency. Mm. No, <laughs> mostly just yelling in a mirror.
0: <laughs> that's
2: my that's my therapy. <laughs> and 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 but let's get
1: into that because I think I think there's a lot of. Um, lessons learned and we can even share from a DK new media standpoint, you know, we, we've gone through an evolution this last, you know, this last few months that's, you know, I mean, it's ripping the roots out and, and planting over. And I think, um, have you ever heard of creative destruction? Tell me more. Well, creative destruction is that, is that you can't really move on from something unless you destroy it you know, that, that if there's remnants there and there's roots there and there's everything there that you can't, you literally can't, you can try to turn the ship, you can move, but the roots are there that are going to, you know, keep you. And so we've reestablished, you know, every, every relationship with all of our clients, we've turned over our staff, basically we've reset our processes. We've gotten rid of, tool sets that we used for years we've you know we it's and and basically we were just talking Harrison just said before the show that he's doing less and feeling like he's getting more accomplished
2: isn't that interesting well
0: we're only focused on three things now right number one respect number two creating a process and three being disciplined with one and two
2: Mm. so to speak to your comment about the the Metaphor with the roots the roots in the turning the ship, which I think I'm following, uh, it reminds me of the best relationship advice I ever got. And this was late teens, early 20s, when my good friend convinced me to break up with the wrong relationship by reminding me, you have no room for the right one.
1: Ah, that's great. The
2: making of the space, which is, and I don't want to keep turning things around, but the making of the space is sort of what we're doing at a place to float. The thing that we're offering is room for to do less so you can do more.
1: And that's, and that's, that's why I want to bring that into this conversation. You are
2: brilliant. Is because no, no,
0: this is brilliant.
1: This was pre pre pre-planned, but, but the, you know, the, here's the thing is we got into the urgency of doing. The mm-hmm. urgency of delivering heat uh, and noise. Yeah, and we got our clients. We we established a relationship with our clients where they focused on what was being done, not necessarily where they were going, not necessarily whether this was having an impact on their marketing. Or we we just got into this habit of them saying, "Is this done? Is this done? Is this done?" Is this done? And what they failed to see was that you know. A marketer should be spending two-thirds of their time planning, you know, and maybe a third executing. But we live in a world now that's multi-channel and everything else, and everybody's telling us to execute, you know, execute, execute, execute.
2: And when people don't grasp the strategy or the context in which you're trying to play it out, they need something to hold on to. And how many blog posts were written this month is a number that they can tell somebody else and decide how they feel about it, but it's certainly not helpful. Exactly.
1: Yeah. If you, if we go back and show, well, 90% of the blog posts that we wrote have no traffic. So how do you feel about paying for that execution?
0: But wait a minute. Everybody is taught today that content is king, right? They're
2: still saying that? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think so. I'm not
2: arguing with it. I just. Well, the, the,
1: the
0: fact is there's only one king though. There's only one king. <laughs> oh, well, I, I so, think we are in a switch now, right? are so not going
1: everybody to, can be a king.
0: Not everybody can you, be a king.
1: You know, you have to have the greatest content. You know? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we're, we're and we're, not
2: just the great greatest content, right. right? Like that's a huge component for the long term. But having good content, I don't think the internet's entirely merit based. No,
1: it's it's definitely not.
0: Well, we're going back to quality over quantity, I believe, right?
2: With DK New
0: Media. Or yes, the we,
2: online world in general.
1: The online world in general. And and this is where I wanted to to go is there's something about this that, that I, I keep, you know, the vision that always comes back to me when I think about my business or I think about my, my client's business is we often think that we're the center of the universe. So we often think... That if you were going to draw our universe, we would be the center. Our clients would be on the outskirts. The tools would be outside of that, and everything. And that's the you're way the we sun. Look at they're the planets. Yeah, and that's the way Facebook we look at ourselves. Is the moons. And the irony is that we're we're a crumb flying through the universe, and they are
2: the sun. Well, as
1: I was gonna say, you the know? good news is we're all
2: insignificant.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but but we're we're totally insignificant when you think about your life and you think about you know, you think about what you're going through with A Place to Float right now. Um, marketing, clients, investors. Customer service, Customer yeah. service, all of these things, you know, that that all of these things are circ- circling you right now. The last thing on your mind is, or the smallest thing on your mind is, uh, updates for the Windows machines, you know, mm. in your office, right? Oh, if only you knew how much of a problem that was. <laughs> <laughs> but go on. <laughs> but, but to Microsoft they're the center of the universe for you. Right. And, Oh, I'll just, you know,
2: start updating right in the middle of your day. Mm-hmm. Right, right? right. When people are floating and reset <laughs> all the tanks and turn yeah. on the lights. Yes. And so that's the thing is,
1: and it's trying to get our customers to realize that they are insignificant. And, and the problem is, is that marketing is, is, you know, uh, is not, to make them more significant, it's just to absolutely be there when clients need them, that when prospects need them, when prospects are looking
2: for them and everything else. We're supposed to be relationship builders yeah. um, and helping these little insignificant points develop a relationship, become a network, right. grow together because individually we're...
1: Well, yeah, nothing. Well, we want to, you know, I'll go back. You know, we want to get your moon into orbit around mm-hmm. this person so that when they look up, you're there and not a competitor
2: or somebody else. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a good point. But it's timing's a, a lot.
1: But it's really timing is everything, you know, and so that's, you know, I thought that we would talk some about, you know, a place to float. Um you did a lot of pre work mm-hmm. from a marketing standpoint uh plan and everything else, and then you find yourself in in a challenging you know time right now um I can't imagine where you are right now, yeah well, wait,
0: a, so wait everything didn't go perfectly <laughs> uh, now wait because <laughs> you've been a marketer for a very long time, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. you had everything and, in and order. I know all of it, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, all I of know it. it. I know all marketing. <laughs> you,
0: I you, market. <laughs> you had a lot of the tools ahead of time that were needed. Yes, so everything went perfect. Well, up until execution, yeah. <laughs> all right. So this this is really important. Yes. Look, we know a lot of the folks out there listening, right? They they see all these case studies from the big companies, Coca Cola and, and all this stuff, right? But we don't get enough from the smaller companies, mm-hmm. right? The companies that the typically. <laughs> <laughs> the companies that typically fill most marketing companies' client the list, The 99.9%. Right? So let's talk about that. So so you've had some challenges, even though you had a lot of advantages over other people. So let's talk about maybe two or three of those challenges and, and what you're doing, or at least what you're working on to try to overcome those.
2: Sure. So uh, to answer your question, or, or rather respond to your comment about having a lot of groundwork, we... I say we because so many people are involved. Um, when I talk about mistakes and failures, it's I. So we had a plan of um, growing our audience ahead of time because it's such a novel. Uh, at at the time, two and a half years ago, there were no float places right. in Indiana. Well, I take that back. There was one in Bloomington, great chiropractic center down there had a tank. Um, but it wasn't present. It wasn't certainly wasn't popular, wasn't in demand. And in the attempt to raise the ridiculous amount of money it takes to open a float center, we had to show something to indicate that there was any any uh, cheese down that tunnel, so to speak. So what we started doing was a very simple play. We had a landing page on the website, um, or the website was a landing page. And we used some Facebook advertising. We let people know there's a float center coming to Indianapolis if you're interested and want to be notified when there's appointments are available, submit your email address on the website. And that went great. And up until the point that we opened, our mailing list was about 4,700 people. Wow. All from central Indiana, um, almost exclusively within, I think, 10 miles of of the downtown circle. Great qualified list in terms of relevance, subscription, all opt-in. Now, some things that I wish I would have done differently... At the time, we were using um, Contact Form 7 with WordPress and basically just trying to bootstrap it. And so it wasn't a double opt-in. It was just submit an email address It goes into a database. And then a um, year or so later, we moved it into AWeber and then recently have moved into MailChimp okay. um, just to make it better management, better experience for the client yeah. and easier to handle all the different groups that we have now. Yeah. So the mailing list was huge. We had also built a Facebook audience um, through these ads, which was very interesting. We never tried to get page likes. Uh, we just got a lot of page likes through the process of trying to get subscriptions. Um, so maybe 2500 or so in the first year, year and a half. And this is on a $5 a day budget. Yeah. So very proud of that. It certainly provided some... Um, social evidence that there was interest in this? Absolutely. And that, so
0: you feel like a pretty good head start.
2: Yeah, I would. Well, you know, if you were telling me like, w- if you were going to open a business, uh, what would you like to have in place? I'd like to have a really big waiting list of people nearby who right. asked for what I'm offering. That seemed like it was going to be great.
1: Well, and, and so for everybody listening right now, from a marketing standpoint, that is Oh yeah. And every marketer would say, Wow, you've got a waiting list of forty seven hundred people. You've got uh, active social media audience of twenty five hundred dollars for a local a local establishment, service establishment that
2: isn't even being built
1: yet. Yeah, that isn't being built yet. That's that's an amazing start.
2: I it's one of the best pieces of work I've I've been able to do and, yeah. and for two reasons, had a lot of time oh, man, you cannot manipulate time. I so wish I could, because that would be a game changer. Yeah. But we had the time to do it. Uh, we obviously had a, an audience hungry for what we were offering. And I knew enough about how to use some of the basic tools to make sure I wasn't blowing opportunity. Right. For example, like focusing just on uh, page likes. Right. Uh, not that that's worthless, but it certainly is not an email address. Yeah. Um, so that went really well, and it created the basis for the investment funds that we raised, um, and really just started uh, going, having everything go down the right path. So, is there more you want me to say about that? No, I think that's. that's I can. Good. I can yeah. talk. One other thing I can talk about that I'm really grateful for is the amount of time and energy we spent in brand identity. Yep. Um, and that means just about anything right, that you would want it to. Uh, For us, it was about how we want to tailor the experience for our guests. Um, When I started working with uh, Will Sears, who's now in Florida, um, at Max Borges Agency, wonderful guy, did a great job, gave us a lot of time and attention. I told him the last thing I want out of all this is a logo and a font and a website and all the design collateral um, because I can get pictures. I can get nice pictures anywhere. Absolutely. We need, we need something with the basis of this is why we're doing what we're doing and how we're trying to introduce something that in the, the industry um, kind of broadly, it's difficult, it's new, it's expensive. It's a weird combination of art and science. And so everybody falls short based on their ideal. And in some cases you fall very short. um, And the best you can do is, you know, put a, float pod in a dentist's office and people will love it and they'll do it. Uh, but we really wanted to try to set a higher.
1: Well, that's customer experience. It's, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm just, I'm but, trying to but,
2: think of a word that isn't, it uh, doesn't come off critical because I am very empathetic to anybody who's tried to do this.
1: But it is, but
2: it is, you know, I mean,
1: we're, we're, we added it as our, our KPI that we're looking at with our clients, right? Is, there's awareness, there's engagement, there's conversion, there's all these things, but ultimately, customer experience is going to have an impact on your long term viability, your ability to retain clients, your ability for word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So, So you can look at all those other things. And and
2: those things you just mentioned are everything in our industry. Exactly. Yeah. And so clients, word of mouth, it's, um, you can buy people coming in the door all you want, but getting them back is exactly. And so, so Harrison and I have been, we floated
1: there. It is, it's this incredibly, uh, peaceful, open space, Um, there's stages to your experience. It's everything is well laid out, well thought out. You know, it's obvious that just an incredible amount of time and energy went into the overall experience and you walk out of there. It's a amazing game changer. Yeah, Yeah. it is, you know, so with that, but customer experience helps you two years down the road, right?
2: Well, (laughs) to some degree, I mean, right now we, I was doing some, uh, Reports and kind of looking at trends, and it was very interesting to see half of all of our customers have already come back. See, and that, so which that's is great. Yeah. thrilling. I mean, again, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily fill the shop on week twelve, but right. it's certainly it is everything is going in the right direction. By the way, any complaint you'll ever hear of me in this moment is just about not enough time has passed. Right, right, right. It's right. the time and yeah. money formula, and I use the booster rocket example of. We got to burn a lot of fuel to escape atmosphere. And
1: that's, and that's what we want to talk about here isn't the necessary because we're going to talk about one of our clients as well. It's not, it's not necessarily. Did you do it right? Did you do it wrong? It's the gap in time between, you know, when you have to have those. You know physical results for your investors Mm -hmm. for your Mm -hmm. taxes for your you know to pay your employees and that cash flow and everything and when you start out the process and that's the difficult thing and we've you know in fact i will i will turn the table a little bit so we have we have an incredible client uh in the beauty industry ironically you know a cousin can i say their name uh no Probably They're beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So incredible client. Best client that we've ever had. And I really mean that. Um, We've been doing everything right. And I truly mean that. Uh, Several nurturing campaigns, awesome social media presence, huge engagement. Uh, We do contests. We just launched another contest for them. The perfect branding. You know, they've they wanted to go slow so that they could interview their clients, make sure that everything was right from a user experience. Mm-hmm. You name it, everything's going right. Everything's not going right though, because they're under immense pressure internally to have quote butts in seats. Mm-hmm. And that's
2: that butts and tanks in our case. <laughs> <Buts> and
1: butts <laughs> and tanks in yours, you know? And, and so there is a, uh, you know, this is, this is the message out there to, I think to marketers and businesses look You can do things right and go right down the tank. No pun intended. No. You know, Um, and you're not, I don't want to hint that that's the way you're going. I mean, Mm -hmm. place of float is absolutely an incredible, I think, the only experience in central Indiana. I mean, there's other places, like you said, that have tanks and stuff, but not like this.
2: We we were looking to design uh, a place that could appeal to the broader population and not just the... Not just those like myself who are willing to kind of go through just about anything because of how much we love floating.
1: Exactly. And, and it's the same with our client, our client's not going anywhere. It'll be here 10 years from now, their platform will be spectacular, but there is that gap in, I don't know what it is, expectations, uh, growth, whatever, that I think marketers, we tend to do a disservice to our clients by saying, you know, you talked about it before the show. Oh, well, you know, we'll increase engagement and we'll get lots of followers and we'll it's get a, lots of subscribers. It's a simple 15 step process. <laughs> yes. and, and the w- last one is where you get what you want. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so everybody thinks that it's this, it's dominoes. Well, mm. you, if, if you have 15 dominoes in the row and the last one is someone, you know, buying or, or spending money, all you have to do is hit these dominoes and, and they'll all go and then that person will fall. That's not the case. And it's not the case for a number of reasons. It's not the case for economic reasons. It's not the case for weather reasons. It's not the case for, um, choices. It's, you know, uh, you could start up and six months later, someone could open up across the street, you know? And, and, and so I think there's this, um, hubris on the side of marketers, where we miss expectations with clients
2: and the sensitivity to the client in the moment of their anxiety. Yes. Cause now being on that side, it's um, there is not a lot of space to entertain the possibilities down the road, the potential. There you go. Uh, it is. I am on my phone every 15 minutes, refreshing the sales page and yeah. seeing, did we, how about now? What about yes. now? What about now? Um, and all that space, all that, that pressure, you know, that we were talking about earlier is so creating all that pressure makes it very hard to see and very hard to remember the last conversation you had about why it's going to take longer and you need to take a deep breath. Yeah. I, I'm a very unreasonable client to myself, but we have to be right. I mean,
1: we had we had tears and yelling in our
2: office mm. and it was mostly just Harrison. <laughs> no,
0: no, no people want change. No. Right. But they don't ever really don't want to go through the process, process change. It's, of change. Yeah. It's, correct. It's,
2: people can change, but mostly they don't.
1: It's, it, you know, the, the, the point, the crux of ours was we had people that absolutely are knowledgeable of social media and they have all the theoretical, and even real world examples where, hey, you nurture and engage an audience, build them into a community, and that community will purchase from you. And we and I had to look them in the eye and say, nobody cares.
2: Because yeah, even if that is true, and even if I that's believe true, it is, doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter at this stage. At this stage, we have to get butts and seats, mm-hmm. and so. There is that gap, I think, and, and I, I, we hear this from so many clients, right? Or, and prospects, you know, that, that, you know, how many times have you heard from someone? They've been ripped off by their previous agency,
2: right? Not always. Yeah. And it's always- Our sweet spot is being the third agency. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: but the, the, the reality of it is those agencies probably did a good job and did what they thought was right by maybe, that client. Maybe
2: just mismanaged the relationship.
1: But the gap between the expectations of what the client
0: needed for it to be successful and what they actually accomplished was huge. And I want to make this point to everyone listening that's in marketing, right? Because I think a lot of us, in the marketing industry do a huge disservice, right? Marketing is hard. Oh yeah. And I think a big part of the pitch is always, it's gonna be so easy working with us, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we, well, we're we gonna get you on the first page of Google. We're gonna <laughs> lead all these leads over to you, right? All
2: of the first pages? All of the first pages. Yeah. <laughs> the first pages. We're gonna, you're gonna no, dominate no, no. Just, Google. just the ones that
0: matter. <laughs> yeah. But we do a disservice because we go into the relationship trying to oversell most of the time, right? When you as a business hope and owner, promise and, hope yeah. and promise, right? It's an easy sell. You're sitting there as a business owner with that hope and wanting this. So I'm I'm just giving you what you want technically, right? And then when the rubber hits the road and these results don't come in quickly, what happens, right? That the expectations weren't set correctly. I'm doing all this work. You're not getting the results and we're all in a very poor situation. Right. So I think more marketing, not that we have to go out and say, this is hard, you know, but we have to be honest. We have to set those proper expectations. Again, it goes back to respect process and discipline. And so many of us aren't really focused on those three things. We're focused more on, well, here's 100 tasks that I need to complete today to make this client happy. Right. But yet how many of those tasks? ask yourself every time you're performing any task in marketing, is it moving you towards one of your top Three or five goals. If it's not, stop doing it. Stop right now. Less is more, right? I mean, I'm I'm really a big proponent of yeah, this right now
2: because there is no infinite supply of time, energy, attention. You know, every time somebody says, "Oh, you know, we should do it," there's a conversation about Instagram today. Yeah, yeah, we should be doing something with Instagram, but since nobody's ever come to our website from Instagram probably not the place to put our very limited time, attention, and budget. Yeah. Because raise your hand if you want to spend twenty hours a week on this. Yeah. And of course no hand goes up.
1: And that and that's the question is, right? Is, oh for free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if 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 your company is in trouble, not you. I'm mm-hmm. talking to people out there listening. No, you can if, you can talk about me. But if your if your company is in trouble and you continue to see numbers decline, you have to you have to, you might have to go to Instagram. You might have to, you have, you have no choice. You have to, to pivot, right? Yeah. You have no choice. Oh, yeah. But to yeah.
2: Doing more of what you've been doing. Is that doesn't get work. You more, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so that's one phase of it. But the other phase is if you know that you're getting results in a certain direction, move in that direction. And that's what we keep talking about is we're saying, um, with this one client, I, I, I they're in the beauty industry. Guess what? Nobody's coming on a desktop. Everybody comes to the website on mobile. Oh, yeah. Right. And so we have to do everything as we're reassessing the entire website in every single page. We're going mobile first, mobile first. And we're opening up our mobile devices and looking at the experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and making everybody do that and stop opening a desktop and saying, oh, that page is done. No, it's not. You know, go to it on a mobile device.
2: Oh, yeah. I was going to say ours and part of it's because of Facebook, but we're 90% mobile and tablet. Yeah. And so desktop design is nice, but it's. Like the least important. Exactly. I'd rather rather have a big mobile site.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so that's one thing. The other thing is people's time. The audience that they're after is on their feet from nine to seven at night. Hmm. They don't have time. And so we have to get them at seven o'clock at night and we have to get them. And then they don't like to read. They love uh, imagery, They're creatives. They're natural. So Instagram for us is that's a goldmine for us. Oh, we, absolutely. And we go in a, that direction. It's a, an right.
2: aesthetic angle to begin with. And it's the right format. Yeah. And it's the the um, sort of the leisure activity.
1: And so we had to ask ourselves,
2: why are we writing blog posts? <laughs> That's a great question. Why? Why? Somebody, somebody who's listening right now is very angry and, <laughs> and telling you why you should be writing more blog posts. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm why with you.
1: are we writing blog posts instead of making maybe it? And, and what I should say is, you still might want articles on your site, but make sure that they're visually you know, stimulating, make sure that
2: there's video,
0: but you don't have to do four per day.
2: Yeah. You don't. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly not instead of other activity because the prioritization, I think really gets to be the hard part. We were talking earlier is the urgent really outweighs the important, especially trying to maintain a relationship with the client, especially if the client's on the fence about their satisfaction. You want to deliver that long checklist of all the things that you did. And you also want to look them in the eye and go, I don't think this is going to help. Yes, exactly. And if we keep doing it your way, you're going to fire us.
1: That's, and that's what I always say. We're fired either way, right? Mm. We're fired either way. We're fired because we don't listen to the client or we're fired. If we don't get the results that the client is looking for, because the client that we speak to typically isn't the person, you know, watching the P and L statement that the client that we have, the relationship is, is typically the doer, Mm-hmm. You know, so they're bouncing stuff off. and They are and,
2: the one accountable in the organization. Yeah.
1: But at the end of the year, when that contract is up, it goes to that person, that lady or man with the P&L statement that says, hey, you spent X dollars with this marketing agency last year. Was it worth it? I don't see anything. Yeah. And that person doesn't care about the task list. And that person doesn't care how many blog posts you got. And they don't care about any of that. All they care about is. Was there a return on investment? And was was that the best place to spend our money? And so we find ourselves, ironically, you know, as, as when you talk about floating and sensory deprivation, the analogy is that's what we're doing with our clients right now is we're saying stop the noise, hold everything
2: off. Take a deep breath.
1: <laughs> take a deep breath. Let's focus on what this strategy is. Let's look at everything that we're doing and making sure that we're leading towards that strategy and let's relax. Let's, let's not get uptight about it. (laughs) Let's relax and say, is this the right direction that we're moving for these clients? And Mike, you know, we've had frank conversations with our staff. If we lose the client over this, we're okay with that. Yeah. You know,
0: but I can tell you, most of the clients have even come back and said, (sighs) <sighs> Good. Yeah. We were exhausted. I was afraid we right? were going to keep doing what we've been doing. <laughs> Absolutely. And 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 some of the stuff was working. The problem was it's exhausting, right? I mean, as as much as we're working, we're exhausting them as well, right? And when you take your eye off the prize, when you're only focused again on those 100 tasks daily moving things, you're not working towards the end goal in the way that you should. Again, it's that process and discipline most of us don't have that discipline, right? We lose that. That's the first thing we lose in the process is discipline. You have to stick to that. And, and we're going to have quarterly meetings where we go back and we reassess every single quarter or all of the things we're doing, moving the ball forward towards the goal that you said you want to accomplish. Be, and we're going to do that because I guarantee there's a gap.
1: Mm. There's going to be a gap. There's a gap of expectations between what the client needs and what we think we're providing. Even when we see the trends moving in the right direction, even when we see all of that. And that's where I want to get back to a place to float. I was going to say, I'm sorry. All of your leading indicators are, they're all going in the right direction. Your business on paper is getting healthier and healthier.
2: It is. (laughs) It really is. Every report I can run is yeah. showing the trend in the right direction right. and the revenue and everything's, you know, gets a little more traction. It's time. It's it's, it's time. Damn it's it. A, it's ticking. Yeah. And it's the, you know, when I talk about being on the side of the client, um, there is not a lot of room in me as the business owner to calmly Absorb all the anxiety of the the investors, the employers, you know, people who are holding notes on us. You know, it's all going the right direction. We can show all that evidence, but you also have to sit in it for Absolutely. an extended period yeah. of time. And I've always respected that. You know, my background being in uh, human performance and later psychotherapy, um, it is hard to sit with somebody while they're anxious long enough for them to be okay. Yeah, uh, and I think. It, from the marketing side, the moment the client starts throwing a tantrum is exactly when you want to leave. Right. And the best thing to do would probably be to sit with them till they're through it. Right. And then, and then talk.
1: Well, and that's, I think the first thing we did was we had in-person meetings with every single client where we were,
0: we were blunt with them. You in. don't want to reset on email. I yeah. just want all the listeners yeah. to know that, right? You don't want to do it on email. No, no. I don't recommend doing it even on it's, Skype, text, right? Yeah. It, it, perhaps. No, no text. Yeah. It's got to be the personal touch, right? Because this is a very intimate meeting when you have it, right? Resetting expectations, getting things back on track. It's intimate. It's building a relationship. It's making it that much stronger or ending it. One of the two, yeah. typically, right? Uh, I, I think we were blessed. We, we didn't lose anybody through this. And I think we have become stronger with our clients because of it
2: well and the trust and respect you know you mentioned respect being the first of kind of the three pillars would that be the right word yeah absolutely Um, the trust and respect are the start or the stop of the relationship because you i if i can't trust
0: you i don't care if you're good at it absolutely because i don't know that's why it's number one without that nothing else matters
2: same with uh, personal relationships if i'm not sure whether or not you tell me the truth I can't be in a relationship with you because I can't carve out that, that Ram to always be working in case you you're lying. Like, all right, I'm going to believe what you say, but 20% of my brain's going. And if you're lying, I'm going to have to make sure to put this in place and do this to make sure it's going to follow through. Yeah. The trust and respect and who doesn't want to trust and respect their marketing service provider. You have to, they're, they're your steward.
1: You have to, but at the same time, we, we as marketers, lie to ourselves oh yeah um about you know we're one, we're business owners, so we're optimists automatically. We mm-hmm. think we're
2: fools depending on yeah. the spectrum. Somewhere <laughs> between optimist and fool.
1: But it but it you know, and this goes back to the analysis of, of where you're spending your effort and time, you really do have to be honest and say, you know, we, we have one client where organic search just is not working for them. It's just not. And so we have to say, do we have a conversation with this client where they continue to spend money with us to do that? Or do we get them with someone that can do paid advertising that will garner, you know, more results? And the fact is is that we have to. We have to walk away. Mm. But the back of our mind goes, this is insane. It has to work. It's worked for every client that we've ever touched, you know? And so we tend to lie to ourselves. And I I always tell people whenever anybody says, um, we tried that, it didn't work. Mm. I, I, it's agency life, right? We tried that, it didn't work. We tried that two we, years we ago. We tried
0: social media, it doesn't work. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> we <laughs> sent yeah. out like five tweets, none nobody answered. Yeah, none of it.
1: And, and I always, my comeback for that is never... Well, you're wrong. We have all the stats. My my comeback is always, "Well, let's test it. Mm-hmm. Let's test it and
2: see." Why you do you know? think it didn't work?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, but I love testing. I, you know. Yeah. And part of the reason why I love testing isn't because I think they're wrong sitting across from me. They might be right. Maybe social There's media. Certainly, wasn't their experience
2: the yes, wasn't wrong.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But the but story. as a marketer, I tend to lie to myself and say. That's ridiculous. Of course, social media worked for them, you know, and what am I doing? I'm, I'm basically telling myself that's confirmation bias, you know, that I'm sitting there telling myself something that they might be right. Perfect example. Assume a,
0: nothing. right? Yeah,
1: a company that has terrible people at the helm of their social media mm. should not be doing social media. Or the media. least qualified <laughs> yeah. person in the
2: organization.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I think it's, it's very interesting. And I think it's, what's the story here, you know, the overall story that, that, uh, I don't think we've deviated from, but is that you can be an incredible marketer, do all the homework, do everything that you need to understand, you know, the goals, implement the strategies, everything else, but still have a gap. You know. Yeah,
2: definitely a gap. And as you were saying earlier, and I, my brain just blanked on it, um, that's something to do with time. Mm. I'm sure it was great. <laughs> it was profound. It was, it was the, you made great eye contact yeah, when you were saying That I'm it. working
0: less and getting more done.
2: Uh, no, but that's good too. I'll, I'll come back to it.
0: Well, here's one other topic I want to touch on too for marketers listening out there. I, I think that we don't always do the best of job at leadership right? I think a lot of times you get, you sign a client, you're very excited about it, right? They're paying you a, a, a decent amount of money for what you're about to do. But then what happens instead of leading them and earning your money because they're paying you to lead, right? They're paying for your expertise. What a lot of marketing professionals do is they end up just working their butt off trying to always justify their fee. Sure. Yeah. Right. And the justification of a fee n- never works, right? You never justify it. Oh, the wow. bean counters are always going to be coming after you In that instance, right? Inevitably, yes. But I I would
2: argue that it absolutely does work, and that's why so many agencies work on that model. Is you can you can burn and churn uh, for extended periods of time. Yes, if you
0: want to run that type of model, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Um, I had a. a Yeah, the problem with lying is that it works sometimes, and that's why people (laughs) do it.
1: I, I spoke to somebody who owns an agency here in town that is doing quite well. And they said that they make sure that they rotate their employees every three years so that their
2: costs never get higher. Someone was just telling me something similar to that. I I can't imagine it's the same group, but just the, you got to keep people moving because the moment they get
0: comfortable
2: and isn't that horrifying? As, as efficiency goes up, effort <laughs> goes down.
0: Isn't that horrifying? Yeah, I don't ever want to run that type of agency. Right. I, I, no desire for that, that.
2: I would say it's sad, and it's sad on both sides. On the commercial side, as the business owner, it's like, yeah, I got I to gotta use people like assets. Not yeah. only right. use them, but- If if I'm just in this for the charity where none of us are going to have jobs. Um, Unless
1: you can somehow set expectations with your employees that, hey, we want you to use this as a building
2: block. yeah, And having an exit plan that you help them get to would be very rewarding. And then on the employee side, and it's human nature, is, yeah, I want to do as little as I can. I mean, if the really ambitious go-getters start their own companies. Right, right. And everybody else, and this includes me and every job I had prior to this, is... I want to figure out how little I can do to still get a raise next yeah. year.
0: Yeah. Just and don't be
2: the slowest guy running from the bear. Right? Correct.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I only got to run faster than you. Tim's on his way out. Yeah. So we've learned today that marketing is hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We <laughs> yes. need to be better People leaders. right? are lazy
2: right? <laughs> and <laughs> dishonest. Not always, but
0: often enough. But we have a great solution. Floating. Oh, sure. Right? I think more marketers need to get in these float tanks. That's the,
1: that's the, I think the analogy of today that really works well. And that's that when we slowed down, when we really focused our attention on what was working or not working for our clients, when we established a new process, when we presented that process to them calmly and assured them with our wisdom, you know, that we could execute for them, all of our clients were open to that. And, and I think there is the frenzy of, multi-channel the frenzy of shiny object the frenzy out there of you know i love gary v but you know go what are you doing hustle 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 you Mm -hmm. know faster harder louder Um, it's honestly you can expend so much energy and not get the results that you're looking for and i i just having the older i get i have this incredible um Uh, respect for the old wise men. You know, when you picture an old wise man, you do not picture someone running around like with his head cut off, trying to do the next thing. You picture someone in contemplation, (laughs) Mm -hmm. sitting down, spending a minute deciding what he's going to say. And then he says it eloquently. And then with the minimum of words, you know, and, and it's profound. Everybody just goes, Oh my God, that's amazing. And so I I really do think there's an analogy there to floating. And that's that. I, I, you know, maybe, maybe this needs to be the, uh, maybe the prescription
2: for marketers, right? Telling you, you got to come check out the think tank. (laughs) But, but to, to that point, it's, it's the space, right? The floating is the mechanism, much like we were talking earlier. The phone, the phone is not the problem. It's that everything you can get to from the phone is what's making it such a, um, a devotion in our daily life, uh, the space that none of us have. Every time I run into somebody I haven't seen, how have you been? Busy, right. always busy. Well, what are you doing? And then it's a long list of you know relatively trivial stuff. And then when we do have windows in our day or our week or on the weekend, we fill it with something else. Yeah, whether it's TV or. So I know with the creatives that. I get to work with and and have relationships with, I always found it fascinating that they, they have to be bored in order to do good work. They have to create room in their mind in order for an idea to take place and fulfill. And sometimes they'll go, you know, they'll go camping for weeks. They'll go stay in a cabin. They'll cut themselves off from all the noise and disruption and distraction. And I think that space is everything. And it, it translates in so many ways. What I heard you saying that you've taken to your clients is a, uh, not just a decision, but a declaration of we have filled up all the space we can give you with trivia and nonsense. Yeah. We're not going to do that anymore. Right. We're going to take that same amount of space and we're going to focus on the, the game changers, the, the, the most important, both, immediate and long-term behaviors that we feel is in your responsibility to do good work for them. So you're, you're asking them to let you take some space to make better choices. It's the same thing that therapy and counseling was when I was training to do that, giving people enough room to make better choices.
1: And we have to, as a people, recognize that work is not necessarily effort. Work is also Mm. sitting in that tank for an hour. Mm -hmm. That's part of it's like going to the gym. You just said creatives going on camping that that's a, that's a reboot. That's time for them to reset. Yeah. That's work. Like resetting is part of the equation.
2: Why, why does anybody go to the gym? Why does it,
0: I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy.
1: Why does
2: anybody, but if you look at some of the practices that we have, and I was going to use church and I don't think, I think it's a good example, but it's a little more complex because of the community component, but you don't go to the gym necessarily to be at the gym. You go to the gym because the results of that practice change your life. You change your quality of life significantly. But even in that example, right? People say, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to go on
1: vacation. If you watch I don't TV have or to, have a
2: Facebook account, you have time. I,
1: exactly. And that's my thing is, is that, but let's say you don't even have time for that. Let's say you're literally working yeah. 12 hours a day. My problem is, is that you're not counting downtime as work and you should. Downtime is absolutely critical that it's getting our clients to understand that if they're looking at the output of we, what we provide them, and they're basing our, their entire relationship on the output, they're missing the two thirds of the strategy and time
2: that we spent to put into that output. Oh, and shame on you for not making absolutely. sure they understand exactly what good work looks like A- as abso- opposed to abso- heat and noise.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's and that's part of it. But it's it's getting companies to understand that that look the the result right the result of going to the gym. A healthy body and everything else but the time away from work to get to that <laughs>
2: it better yeah it better you
1: know. be a net add yeah and that's my my thing is companies need to get used to the fact that i like i hate the term work what is it work like, life balance balance i hate that term I, I just think it's the worst thing ever because it means that the two are opposing forces and I don't think that they're opposing mm. forces. Opposite at all. ends of the yeah, yeah the, they're the, not. The seesaw. If I'm not working, it doesn't mean that I'm resting. Th- yeah, I'm, I'm either
2: working or living. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah,
1: exactly. And I and I feel like I feel like we do a disservice when we talk about work-life balance. Or or um, I keep picking on Gary Vee today, but you know he talks about it. You know, you got a minute in a day, hustle. You know, I uh, no, some sometimes that minute of the day that you take to prioritize yourself take a deep breath is going to be more important than the hour of work that you could have accomplished, right?
0: But the answer is always in the middle, right? Because then you got guys like Tim Ferriss and Gary Vee's buddy, uh, you know, the four hour work week type philosophy, which almost anybody that's owned a business knows that the four hour work week is BS. The unicorn, <laughs> yeah. right? In but, a lot of ways, but
2: you're right. But even if we could do our job in four hours, we'd still fill the rest of it with something. And absolutely, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, that's the irony of it. He does
0: when you piece it all together. He he is like for our work week, four hour body, right? All those different things. He is creating a balance, an economy the day. Of, yeah, yeah, of absolutely. Yeah. But but it's a really good title. To pull people in now I think he's a genius I think what he's doing is is a so I'm not knocking on him at all but I think a lot of times especially younger folks they they try to buy into this four-hour work week and it's how many 20 hour days maybe does it get together but they, there,
1: but right? they but here's the thing yeah, it's that a good point thinking that the four hour work
0: week means that you only work four
1: hours in the week and the rest of the time you're drinking margaritas or whatever is just the BS
2: part absolutely. Right? It's that. That's trust fund fantasies. Yeah.
1: What he's saying is, look, I can spend one tenth of time and accomplish just as much as you can. If, if I
2: work at efficiency, exactly. economize. Yeah. Exactly. That is that's, his work. That's
1: is- what he's doing, you know? And so again, the thing is, is he's, how much time did it take him to think about that, to create processes for that, to build that in his head before he executed it? He doesn't count that as work, right? He only counts Mm. his actual time. Work is what you don't want to be doing.
2: I've always felt that the word job and the book of Job is not just a coincidence. (laughs) It is is undeserved (laughs) suffering. It is divine punishment for the most part. Most job I've ever. That's why I'm unemployable, just like the two of you. Yeah, absolutely. Where are you going to trade a third of your life for? Someone else's dream or your own? Where do we go with this now?
0: Wait, I have one more question. Okay, because I know we're we're coming up on the top of the hour. Right? hour. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything twelve weeks in? Right, mm-hmm. you you kind of had almost yeah. You had a good lead in. You, you feel that you've done everything right. Is there anything looking back already that you would have done differently?
2: Oh. Sure. Uh, lots of things, but not so much from a mistake standpoint as just an ignorance one. Like, oh, I didn't really know that. So the biggest was we wouldn't miss Christmas. Um, no, Basically, mid-November through the first of the year is every float center's biggest period. Usually like a 25 to 30% of their total revenue comes during that period. And it's what keeps them booked out Usually the beginning of the year, not necessarily, not always. That just seems to be the trend. Um, and we missed that. We weren't operating until the week of Christmas before we had all six cylinders firing because we have six rooms and anybody who loved floating, loved someone who loved floating or wanted to share floating had spent their money somewhere else. Ah,
1: yeah, that makes
2: sense. So in yeah. addition to losing out on the revenue, when we kicked off beginning of the year, we also had a lot of people who I'm, I'm sure are interested and in, and have now floated with us that had had credits or balance or gift certificates to somewhere else. So why would you spend money on this when you can, you know, go redeem something somewhere else? Right. Right. So that was one thing that never even occurred to me. I knew missing Christmas would be hard, but I figured we'd kick off first of the year and it'd be, and it was a little bit slow. Um, the trends, all of the trends, sales, reservations, et cetera, they're, they all look beautiful, from day one to till now. Um, I think having such a large list and audience, I still am not sure whether there was a holiday piece of fatigue. They're, they just lost interest because it has been two years since some of these people signed up. Uh, our best email campaign was subject line, please unsubscribe from this list, where we repeatedly asked people to unsubscribe from the mailing list. And of course, we dropped in. Here's what we're going to be doing. You're going to get some emails about that if you stick around. Yeah. This is what we're going to be doing. You'll probably get some more emails about that too. So just unsubscribe. You don't want any part of this nonsense. Um, interestingly enough, we had, I think, 300 people unsubscribe, which is, um, that's not too bad. No, it's not bad. Considering that our, that list was getting like a 20% open rate, it was, it wasn't going to hurt. Um, but it got a 50% open rate had 300 people unsubscribe and dozens of people respond to the email voicing their support and their appreciation. Awesome. And had people from a few larger companies ask, um, this was a very interesting email. I'm curious how that worked out for you. And oh, It's cool. yeah. able to share. So, but that's a one-time thing. You can't yeah. be clever like that twice. Yeah. So that was helpful. Um, and I mean, frankly, it's been it's been really good. It's the time. I feel like I've been doing this for years and it's been literally weeks. Wow. Yeah. Uh, good news is, so we ended up running a Groupon, which I didn't really want to do, but um, butts and tanks. Right. And yeah. that, that went very well. Yeah. Um, surprisingly well. And we offered that same uh, rate to existing customers and that got some needle moving. Uh, we're going to be featured. I was told today, We're going to be featured on uh, the WTHR Evening News, the Health Watch section. Oh, nice. Yeah, Anne-Marie Tiernan, who had been following us for some reason, uh, came in with a photographer. They were there for about five, five and a half hours interviewing guests and staff, and she floated. And apparently, journalists never float when they do these segments, they just get pictures of them getting in and out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now she floated. So she, she came out it. like, this was fantastic. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So she's been delightful. We're very grateful for that time and attention. Um, we've got events coming partnerships with visit Indy with the hotel. So it's, it, <clears throat> the best advice I got was there are no silver bullets. It's right. just lots and lots of bullets. I love it. Yeah. Just lots of them. So yeah. the the hospitality, the outreach, the sporting. We had uh, women's Purdue uh, basketball come in yesterday. Yeah. Um, congratulations on getting to the title. And yeah, I can't. I can't think of anything I would do differently now that I know. Um, other than just harder, faster, sooner.
1: Well, and and it sounds like the, you know, they're probably not two dis- totally distinct trails, but you obviously the customer experience is going to continue to keep people coming back.
2: That is what's bringing everybody right. back. That and, is our best and so, marketing.
1: And so, so it's this, you know, going out and getting the curious, the the people that are interested, the people that are devout floaters, everything, mm-hmm. you know, just getting them in the door. Right. Once they're in the door, you've got them. You know, yeah. So it's just getting, yeah. Half many, the time they come back. Those many bullets to get them in the door is is what you're focused on.
2: And being patient, the Facebook campaigns, you know, that requires good content. Getting yeah. a good video put together is not something you magically do one afternoon when well, you slow. It is magical
1: when you have Lisa on here.
2: Yes. Yeah, so Digital Stories Media <laughs> Group <laughs> yeah. um, has yeah. donated quite a bit of time and attention, and they did a, a very great introductory video for us. They shot it in two hours, turned it around in four days. And, and it's a beautiful video. It's a great yeah. video. And it's it's created the top of the funnel for us. Yeah. Because now that we have 180,000 views of, uh, and then I think about a third of those are more than 30 seconds. So that now we move them into the area of, we I am interested. And we follow up with a little more, something a little more compelling. Some of the video testimonials we're working on. Um, but it's not doesn't happen today right, right. it's probably not going to happen tomorrow sure uh, awesome well where where do people find you a place to float.com yep and where are you downtown again 425 west south street we're at the intersection uh just off the intersection of west and south half a block west of lucas oil stadium and it's a beautiful spot it's wonderful come I on in it. for a tour have some have some flavored waters there you go well, thank you
1: for spending time with us. This is this is a great conversation.
2: Thank you for having me, gentlemen. I'm uh, have been an admirer of you for years. Oh, and wow. your beard! Wow, Harrison, not so much. I've recently <laughs> gotten a crush on him. Doug's you know, I my hero. The beard. Yeah, he did shave his beard. Yeah, you can't both be aging hipsters. <laughs> that's right. That's
0: right. I'm the I'm the young, attractive.
2: <laughs> that's it.
1: Version
0: version of <laughs> awesome.
1: Yes, genius. Humble. Different Humble. flavors
2: Genius. of awesome. I
0: like
1: that. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. And, of course, go to uh, martech.zone. Be sure to join our, our community. Our community is just doing fantastic. It's uh, If you go to join.martech.zone, uh, and we'll, of course, publish the uh, podcast out on there as well. Uh, but we have some incredible conversations about uh, marketing technology and techniques and polling and events and everything else. So thanks for joining us today.
0: The MarTech Interviews Podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.